The primary types of local government in Virginia are counties, cities, towns, and service authorities. Counties are unincorporated areas of the state. Cities are independent incorporated communities that have a population of 5,000 or more. Towns are incorporated communities within one or more counties that have a population of 1,000 or more citizens. And service authorities serve, public, serve specific public functions. The types of governments are created by a local government charter. The charters grants, grant powers to the government and defines the extent of the delegated power. There are also powers that are set forth in the Uniform Charter Powers Act. And it, sometimes they can be incorporated by judicial proceedings. Or citizens may petition a, petition a circuit court signed by 100 voters requesting that community be incorporated as a town. You can alterate the types of government through annexation, which can be done through local approval, where the city or town must pass an ordinance with the approval of 51% of the qualified voters or 51% of the landowners. Some areas are immune from annexation. If the, the county or town has a population of 20,000, with 300 people per square mile or a population of at least 50,000, 140, 140 people per square mile, then they will have immunity. A community will have partial immunity if portions of the county that provide urban services are located there. A type of government can change municipal status, like something can go from a town to city, if a special court finds that the town has more than 5,000 people, they have the ability to function as an independent city and is able to provide urban-type services, like a school system or public transportation. If the change will not substantially impair the ability of the county from which the town is to be separated to meet the services of the remaining population, and the grant of city status in the best interest of the parties and of the state as a whole. An area can also change from a city to a town if the special court finds that the current population is less than 50,000 people, the adjoining county or counties have been made party defendants to the proceeding, the change will not substantially impair the ability of the adjoining county to meet the service needs of its population, the change will not result in a substantially inequitable sharing of the resources and liabilities of the town and the county, and the change is in the best interest of the city, county, state, and people of the cities, counties, and states. In Virginia, local governments are limited in their legislative powers by what is known as Dillon's Rule. Under this rule, localities have no inherent power. All power must be, one, expressly granted by statute or charter, two, necessarily or fairly implied from those expressly granted powers, or three, essential and indispensable to the locality's declared objectives and purposes. Under Dillon's rule, there is no presumption that the exercise of a power is valid. Any unreasonable doubt, I'm sorry, any reasonable doubt concerning the existence of power is resolved by the courts against the local government. When a power has been delegated, but the manner of its execution has not been specified, the reasonable selection method rule applies. Under this rule, a locality has reasonable discretion as to the manner in which the power is executed. 
The powers delegated to locality may only be re-delegated if they contain fixed and readily ascertainable standards, when nothing is left to the discretion of the person or body charged with the power beyond reasonable discretion and administration of standards. For example, a city may delegate some of its power to its police force. A locality may not enact an ordinance that is inconsistent with state law. Both the state and the local government may, however, have concurrent jurisdiction over the same subject matter relating to local affairs. If both the statute and ordinance can stand together, then courts are obliged to harmonize them rather than nullify the ordinance. However, an ordinance may prohibit an act upon which state law is silent. Local governments are typically granted the power to enact and enforce ordinances, tax, sue or be sued, enter into contracts, acquire, hold, and dispose of revenue, acquire, hold, and dispose of personal and real property, condemn property through the use of eminent domain, borrow money, and issue tax-exempt bonds with interest. Additionally, municipal governments enjoy broad discretion in the administration of their police powers. Courts will not interfere with the municipal government's use of the police power unless it is shown to be unreasonable or arbitrary. Local governments are given the power to enact and enforce local ordinances. Local ordinances may not be inconsistent with state law. Unless otherwise provided for by the Constitution or statute, an ordinance may be adopted, amended, or repealed by a simple majority vote of the members of the governing body of a local government who are present at a lawful meeting. Generally, a lawful meeting requires the presence of a majority of the members of the governing body, or a quorum. As with other actions taken by a governing body, the meeting at which an ordinance is adopted is subject to Virginia Freedom of Information Act, or FOIA. An ordinance appropriating more than $500, imposing a tax, or authorizing borrowing or the issuance of bonds must be adopted by the recorded vote of majority of all members of the governing body. A county government must generally publish a notice in a newspaper that has a general circulation in the county before the enactment of an ordinance unless the notice is an emergency ordinance, which can only be enforced for 60 days unless readopted. A valid ordinance must contain language that is clear, certain, and definite, so that an average person may, after reading the ordinance with due care, understand whether he will incur a penalty for his action. The object of every ordinance, except an ordinance approving a budget, an annual appropriation ordinance, or an ordinance which codifies ordinances, ordinances must be clearly expressed in its title. A party that wants to allege the invalidity of an ordinance has the burden of proof. An ordinance's validity is presumed and must be overcome by showing of unreasonableness by clear and convincing proof. If the issue of reasonableness is fairly debatable, then the court will not substitute its judgment for that of the legislative body and the ordinance will be deemed valid. Local government's powers. Local governments do not have the inherent power to borrow money and accrue debt. This power must be delegated by state legislature or by the state constitution. A local government may tax property, persons, and other subjects of taxation such sums of money as they deem necessary by the municipal corporation to pay the debts, defray the expenses, accomplish the purposes, and perform the functions of the municipal corporation. A local government may also establish by ordinance a discount for the early payment of any local taxes or assessments. No county, city, town, or other local government may tax incomes. City and counties may levy a sales tax at a rate of 1%. Such tax shall be added to the rate of the state use tax. In towns, no tax shall be imposed except by a two-thirds vote of the council members. A local government has the power 
of land use authority, power to zone, acquire, and dispose of property. Zoning allows the local government to separate land uses into designated zoning districts, which have a fixed set of use and development standards. Virginia law allows any locality to enact ordinances classifying the territory under its jurisdiction into land use districts regulating the use of land, building, and structures, the size, height, area, bulk, location, erection, construction, reconstruction, alteration, repair, maintenance, raising, or removal of structures, the areas and dimensions of land, water, and airspace, the excavation of mining, of soil, or other natural resources. Zoning decisions of a local government are considered to be reasonable and valid until the highest court to which the matter's appeal decides the issue. The party wishing to attack the validity of a zoning decision has the burden of establishing that the decision was not reasonable. Legislative decisions are considered to be reasonable if the matter under consideration is fairly debatable. An issue is fairly debatable when objective and reasonable persons could come to, a, come to different conclusions after reviewing the evidence offered in support of opposing views. Virginia law requires each governing body to adopt a comprehensive plan for the physical development of the territory within its jurisdiction. The purpose of the comprehensive plan must be to guide and accomplish a coordinated, adjusted, and harmonious development of the territory, which will, in accordance with present and probable future needs and resources, best promote the health, safety, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, and general welfare of the inhabitants, including the elderly and persons with disabilities. The zoning administrator is charged with enforcing and administering zoning ordinances, which includes the authority to find a violation of an ordinance and bring legal action to ensure compliance. Every locality must create a local planning commission to promote the orderly development of the locality and environs. The planning commission serves in a primarily advisory capacity. Virginia law requires that every locality has enacted a zoning ordinance that has a zoning ordinance must establish a board of zoning appeals consisting of residents of the locality. The boards of zoning appeals have the power to hear and decide appeals from any order, authorize variances, hear and decide appeals decisions, hear and decide applications for interpretation of the district map, and hear and decide application for special exceptions or special uses. Any person may file a petition for review in circuit court from a decision of the Board of Zoning Appeals. On an appeal to the circuit court, there's a prima facie presumption that the power and discretion of the Board of Zoning Appeals have been properly exercised, and it must appear from the record transmitted to the court that the decision of the board was plainly wrong before it may be disturbed by the court. A locality also has the power for conditional zoning, to allow non-conforming uses, to allow variances, to allow special use permits, to transfer development rights. Under Virginia law, developmental development rights become vested and will not be affected by a subsequent amendment to a zoning ordinance when the landowner, one, is a significant affirmative governmental act, two, relies in good faith on that act, three, incurs extensive obligations or substantial expenses in diligent pursuit of the specific project in reliance on the significant affirmative governmental act. Localities may acquire property through the power of eminent domain, public use, a good faith offer to purchase, condemnation proceedings, just, cons just compensation, or adverse possession. A petition for condemnation proceedings 
must include a description of the property to be taken, the estate interest or rights in the property to be taken, the authority for the taken, taking, the necessity for the work or improvements to be made, and the public use for which property is to be taken. When a local government takes property for a public use but fails to pay just compensation or fair market value at the time of the taking, the landowner may file an action for inverse condemnation. To prove inverse condemnation, the landowner must own the private property or have some right to the private property. The property must have been taken or damaged by the government. The taking or damaging must have been for public use and the government must have failed to pay just compensation. As with other adverse possession, local governments can acquire title to real property when there's been actual, continuous, hostile, open, notorious, and exclusive use of the property by the government. Generally, counties cannot be sued in tort. The counties enjoy sovereign immunity from all tort liability for all activities of their officers, agents, and employees, even when the county is acting in a proprietary capacity. However, when a tort is committed that involves damage to the property, the plaintiff may sue in an inverse condemnation action for compensation for the property which has been wrongfully damaged or taken. Municipalities, or cities and towns, enjoy sovereign immunity from tort as well as from quasi-contract actions when performing public governmental functions. A governmental function is one that is done for the common good without the element of corporate benefit or pecuniary profit. Sovereign immunity does not exist in a city or town when they are performing a proprietary function. A proprietary function a proprietary function is the routine maintenance of streets, the provision of utilities, maintenance of recreational facilities, or the operation of housing authorities. When the city or town's act can constitute both a governmental and proprietary function, the action is considered to be governmental and the sovereign immunity will apply. However, there are some activities that constitute proprietary functions like snow removal, removal of trees from a hurricane, or repair of malfunctioning Although those have been deemed proprietary functions, because of their governmental functions, they are also immune from liability. Southern immunity may extend to government officers and employees who are negligent in performing a governmental function. The courts consider four factors. One, the nature of the function. Two, the extent of the government's interest and involvement in the function. Three, the degree of control the government exercises over the employee. And four, whether the act involved the discretion of the employee. Local governments are authorized to carry separate insurance policies to cover acts that are not covered by sovereign immunity. When a county, city, or town utilizes a, a volunteer fire company to provide firefighting and emergency medical services to its citizens, the company is deemed to be an instrumentality of the employing government and enjoys sovereign immunity from suit for damages arising from such services. The members of governing bodies like a political subdivision, board, commission, agency, or authority, enjoy immunity from suits arising from the exercise or failure to exercise their discretion or governmental authority. The immunity does not extend to conduct constituting intentional or willful misconduct or gross negligence. When immunity from liability does not apply, local government entities can be held liable for negligence arising from proprietary functions when the government has a duty that has been breached, causing damages to the plaintiff. This rule does not apply to counties. A city or town that operates a park, recreational facility, or playground is not liable in any civil action or proceeding for damages resulting from an injury or property damage 
caused by ordinary negligence on the part of the officer. However, such city or town is liable in damages for the gross negligence of any of its agents in the maintenance or operation of any park, recreational facility, or playground. Contributory negligence is recognized as a valid defense to tort actions in Virginia, including those brought against municipal corporations. In order to prove a municipal corporation's tort liability, a plaintiff must allege and show notice to the municipality of the existence of the defect. The notice may be actual or constructive. Constructive notice occurs when the defect has existed for such a length of time that it could have been discovered through the exercise of ordinary care. A plaintiff must give notice, must give notice to a local government within six months after the cause of action accrued. The notice must be in writing and delivered to the attorney or chief executive of the appropriate county, city, or town. A county employee or officer who files a written report of the incident may be deemed to have acted as an agent of the plaintiff. The local government must timely raise the failure to give notice to the county. The local government cannot raise the issue of the plaintiff's failure to comply with the notice requirement for the first time on appeal. The Virginia Freedom of Information Act, or FOIA, guarantees Virginia citizens access to public records maintained by a public body and free entry to its meetings. There is a presumption that all public records and meetings are open, unless there is an exemption. FOIA broadly defines public body to include any legislative body, authority, board, bureau, commission, district, or agency of any political subdivision, including cities, towns, counties, municipal councils, governing bodies of counties, school boards, and planning commissions. Generally, broadly defined, everything is included. Again, as with the definition of public bodies, FOIA broadly defines public records to include all writings and recordings that consist of letters, words, numbers, equivalent, set down by handwriting, typewriting, printing, photosetting, photography, magnetic impulse, on and on and on. Everything that goes on by an officer, employer, agent in the transaction of public business. However, there are quite a few exemptions to this broad definition of both public body and public records. Some exemptions will be the personnel information concerning identifiable individuals, information protected by the attorney-client privilege or work product doctrine, any test or examination used, administered, or prepared by a public body for the purpose of evaluating students, employees, or employment seekers, records lawfully recorded in or compiled exclusively for use in closed meetings, vendor proprietary information, appraisals and cost estimates of real property subject to a proposed purchase, information relating to the negotiation and award of a specific contract, and account numbers or routing information for any credit card, debit card, or other account. Under FOIA, some criminal records, such as criminal incident information related to felony offenses or photographs taken as part of the normal booking procedure, must be released. The release of other criminal records is left up to the custodian's discretion, such as criminal investigative files, unless disclosure is otherwise prohibited by law. Generally, a person who is not a citizen of Virginia does not enjoy rights under FOIA to access public records of any Virginia governmental entity. However, a person who is a party to a lawsuit may have the right to discover such records pursuant to the court's procedure rules. Generally, after a request is made, the custodian of the record has five working days in which to respond to the request. They may provide the records, deny the request, provide some of the records and deny others, indicate that requested records cannot be found or do not exist, 
or indicate that it's not practically possible to comply with a request. If the response is that it's not practically possible, then the custodian has an additional seven working days in which to provide a response. Any public body may petition the appropriate court for additional time to respond to a request for records when the request is for an extraordinary volume of records or requires an extraordinarily lengthy search. A public body may impose reasonable charges not to exceed its actual cost incurred in assessing, duplicating, supplying, or searching for the requested records. In general, all meetings of a public body must be open to the public. A meeting should not generally be conducted through telephonic, video, or other electronic communication means when the members are not physically assembled to discuss or transact public business. Of course, there's an exception to that rule if there is an emergency, such as COVID-19. A public body must generally give notice of the date, time, and location of its meetings at least three working days prior to the meeting. A meeting may be closed for specific statutorily enumerated purposes, including discussion, consideration, or interviews of prospective candidates for employment, discussion or consideration of the acquisition of real property for a public purpose, or consultation with legal counsel and briefings by staff members. Any person denied the rights and privileges conferred by the Virginia FOIA may enforce such rights and privileges by filing a petition for mandamus or injunction in general district court or circuit court. Venue is proper in the general district court or circuit court of the county or city from which the local public body has been elected or appointed. Venue is also proper in the general district or circuit court of the county or city where the principal business office of the regional public body is located. Venue is also proper in the general district court or circuit court of the residence of the aggrieved party or of the city of Richmond. The public body bears the burden of proof to establish an exclusion by preponderance of the evidence.